We're going to talk about that whole business of being human. I know we are human, humanized on, you know, that social media space and dealing with the naysayers, as my guest describes them, and, you know, just making sure that we've not got confused messages about what it means to be out there as human in that space. Because I think there's a lot of fears and a lot of trepidation and confusion and identity issues and all sorts. Yes! You have to find you, be you, and let them see you. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. This is Tricia Lewis, your host. I speak to loads of fascinating individuals who've built their own businesses or just have loads of experience and story to share. You'll get tips, insights, motivated. Another international episode, listeners. I am speaking to my guest in, I said Muscat, but I think it's Muscat, so correct me on that, in Oman, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. That's a long, long way away from Bournemouth. I know that much. Um, but there's also a coastline, I think, because I looked it up on Google Maps. So, you know, I, I, I do my research. Yes, I love this stuff. OK, so let me introduce the one and only Stella De Silva, who is an international trainer, does a lot around employability skills and is pretty big on LinkedIn, actually. Hello, Stella. Trisha, Trisha. Hi, Trisha. You are big on LinkedIn. You know it. Don't listen to her. (laughs) Well, that's how we met. But Stella, did did I get any of that wrong? No, you didn't. I am in Muscat. I am in Oman. And yes, there is a coastline. Um, But usually what I tell people is that I'm literally 45 minutes away by air from Dubai. So that gives them a bit of an idea of where I actually am, because Oman is not well known, if you like, in the Middle East. It's not one of the big names in the Middle East. So we're always fighting for a little space here. But it's probably one of the you know, loveliest countries within um, the Middle East. It's fascinating. And honestly, I'm so lacking in that (laughs) knowledge of that. I I just really am. And I so I did. I did literally go on Google Maps and then I followed it through and looked at some of the images of Muscat. And I can see what you mean. There's some very beautiful scenery there. Very beautiful. Absolutely. But but listen, Stella, I mean, what what, where the heck did you come from? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how have you landed there and where were you born uh, let's just let's just do a geographical you know okay, so let's do let's let's do sort of the family aspect and how I landed here in Oman so it kind of like um makes sense so um my mum is French my dad is Nigerian I was born in the UK raised in the UK till I was about um six lived in Nigeria till I was about 15 then came back to the UK, went to boarding school, went to college, went to university and eventually, you know, started working in the UK. So again, my formative years were spent in Nigeria, but my latter years were spent in the UK. So, you know, I, I, I I am a child of mixed parentage and two 
entirely different cultures. So I feel I have a good understanding of you know issues especially when it comes to equality and diversity i can really clearly see it from a personal um, standpoint of having a white mother and having a black father and sort of being in between and playing devil's advocate when we're talking about these issues um, so that's me from a personal angle from a professional angle in terms of me landing this amazing, because that's what it was, an amazing opportunity here in Oman, it was actually through LinkedIn, heart, <laughs> hand on heart, literally through LinkedIn. Um, I came back on LinkedIn in 2017. Um, I was freelancing as a training consultant in the UK, but doing a lot of international work. Obviously, this was pre-corona. Um, we didn't even know what pandemic meant back then. Um, so I was traveling extensively um, around the world delivering on vocational um, education and um, vocational qualifications. That's my area of expertise. So I dealt with a lot of quality assurance from that um, aspect. So um, a lot of these countries would invite me um, to come in as a training consultant because they wanted to adapt the UK model to vocational qualifications and vocational education. So people like myself would go and work with government and um, you know different training providers and literally go and do some um, consulting work in different countries. So I've delivered training in China, Vietnam, South Korea, all these kind of like really random places. Um, so when I came back in 2017 on LinkedIn, I really, I just wanted one more client actually. I needed one more international client um, just in case my original client just didn't have any work for me. So I really just came in with that sole intention of getting one more client. So came back, I had registered on LinkedIn in 2009 actually, but I'm not sure how long you've been on LinkedIn, um, Trisha, but when I came on in 2009, LinkedIn just wasn't a place for me. I didn't feel, I felt it was stuffy. It was full of white men in suits, in business suits, and I just didn't belong, okay? Yep. So when I came back in 2017, it, it, the landscape had completely changed on LinkedIn, like completely. So I thought, okay, I'm, you know, I came back, less than 200 connections, you know, didn't have a clue. I had to, my, my, my profile, I think, was my CV at the time. So I looked at other people's profiles. I thought, okay, need to change that, need to retweak that. Um, then I thought people were putting out what, we, what it was called back then, post and content. Like, what the hell is that all about? Okay. So I decided that I would do exactly the same thing, put out content. But at the time, even in 2017, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on this professional platform and I have to come across as all professional and all formal. But it didn't suit me because that wasn't who I was as a trainer. I'm a very formal type trainer. I, 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 I use clappers in my sessions, for God's sake. So <laughs> I just thought, no. I'm going to get rid of my profile picture with my fake suits because I don't even wear suits when I'm delivering training. I'm going to put up a profile picture that reflects me when I'm delivering training and just reflects me in my informality. And again, I made that change on LinkedIn and it works for me. 
And within, literally within months of being on LinkedIn, I came back in October of 2017. And by the December, I got my first, what I would call big client who approached me by DM. So she was a lurker. And for those of your audience who don't know what LinkedIn lurkers are. They're people who just literally lurk. So they just look at content, they don't engage, they don't even press any of the emojis, nothing. They just watch people, right? So I had one of those. So she actually approached me and just said, look, I really like what you are um, posting in terms of um, the type of training you deliver and how you deliver it. I would like to um, have a Zoom meeting with you because um, I have a, a potential um, opportunity for you. And I thought, oh my God, this really happens on LinkedIn? How weird is that? So I said, okay, up for it. So we set up a Zoom um, call and um, initially on her DM, she said uh, 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 an opportunity to deliver training in SA. That's all it said. So SA, I was thinking, oh my God, South Africa, here I come. <laughs> like literally, I was buzzing. And then she comes on the phone and we start speaking. And she says, oh yeah, so the training in Saudi Arabia. I went, Saudi who? She said, Saudi Arabia. I thought, oh my gosh. And of course, I, I, this is gonna sound so wrong, but again, based on the stories and the narrative of what we get in terms of news, I'm thinking, yeah, Saudi Arabia, they want to go and kidnap me. They're going to sell me off to some sheep. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling, <laughs> I'm not feeling that. So I thought I would do some due diligence, do my research, and then, you know, see whether or not this was kosher, right? Um, but it was, it was genuine, it was real, and literally within two weeks, three weeks, actually I lied, within three weeks of talking to her, um, I was in Saudi Arabia delivering training and I, I got to visit literally four different regions within Saudi Arabia for three weeks to deliver, um, uh, to deliver training, which was just an amazing experience. And it was really weird, Trisha, because I had sort of done the China and the Malaysia and the Vietnams, and I hadn't tapped into the Middle Eastern market. And I had just been saying, I would love to work in the Middle East. And here was this lady offering me this opportunity, right? So I'm in Saudi Arabia, I'm delivering, I'm kind of like putting out content based on what I was doing and again, how I was training. And then another um, person literally connects with me, sends me a DM, says, Stella, yeah, um, I may have an opportunity for you. I'm flying in, he was based in Malaysia. I'm flying in to um, London, would love to have a meeting with you, blah, blah, blah. I said, fine. Before that, though, while I was in Saudi Arabia, I had a very good friend of mine who actually lives in Oman. He was a pilot and I grew up with him in Nigeria. And he said to me, he goes, look, Stella, you know, you're in the Middle East. You might as well pop into Oman before you go home. And I was like, I'm not sure about that. I've done three weeks in Saudi Arabia, had a hijab, had, had a, a, a buyer hijab on for three weeks. I'm ready to go home. And he said, Stella, Oman is nothing like Saudi Arabia. Just come for the weekend. So off I go to Oman and 
Trisha, I keep saying this, but I can't tell you the feeling I had when I landed in Oman. There was just something straight away, even from the airports, just the Omanis and how they were. And they were just, just humble beings and lovely. And that was a Friday night. I was going to go back to London on the Sunday. So anyway, the whole of the Saturday I spent with my friend, um, uh, Greg, we had such an amazing time. I just fell in love with the serenity, the peace, the place. And I just put it out there to him. I said, you know what? I'd love to come and do some work here in Oman at some point. Um, and I asked him if there were any vocational schools around where we were so he could, um, I could maybe get an email and then I would send them um, some proposals when I got back to London. Anyway, to cut a very long story short, this person sends me this random DM. I meet him in King's Cross. This is when I go back to London. He says, I've got uh, an amazing opportunity. I'm working on a project um, to deliver the type of training you were delivering in Saudi Arabia, blah, 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 blah. We, we talk about this for 45 minutes and we both agreed that, yeah, this is something that I would love to do. So I said to him, I said, well, hang on a second. Where is this training going to be? He says, Oman. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? I said, oh my gosh, I was just in Oman. I was telling my friend, I would love to come and do some work out here. And here you are. And this was literally weeks of me coming back from Saudi Arabia. So from the March of 2018 till the March of 2019, I was on a plane every single month delivering training in Oman. And it was through there that I got headhunted and offered a two-year contract to come and work full-time. Oh. So there is my story, Trisha. Stella, Stella, Stella. My Crikey. Right. Now, hang on. Let's just do some unpacking here because there's a there's a very interesting journey. And we started, let's go back to LinkedIn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now for the listeners, you can apply this to other social media platforms. Mm -hmm. I have never pretended to be particularly up on anything really other than LinkedIn I probably joined a similar time to you your second time around so I've always kind of seen it as okay yes I, I this this feels okay you're right it did change and I still now I'm convincing people that it's not like they think it was in the old days so I think you could certainly apply this a certain amount to Facebook but it's different they are all different and everybody feels their way and you feel a connection to social media platforms and you know what it is you kind of want to do and that's up to you as an individual but yeah but for me there's no question that LinkedIn does something extra and it feels more aligned so all the rest I sort of feel oh I better I better put something on Facebook I better put something on this whereas LinkedIn feels like oh, oh this is good now I'm gonna have a good old rummage around and all these fascinating yeah. people that I've met it is ridiculous right. so so we start here at LinkedIn and this let's imagine this imaginary person mm -hmm. um, and they're listening to you and they're thinking yeah but still oh look listen to her she's such a 
um, maybe even to a certain extent, me as well. They, they're, oh, they're such kind of out there, vibranty, bubbly people. <laughs> Let me assure you, <laughs> listeners, both Stella and I have very off, quiet moments. Okay, that's, that's actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So they might be wrongly thinking, but I've got to be all over it like this. Um, but that isn't that isn't the core of what we're talking about, is it? It's the core is just, dare we say, kind of being yourself. You've that's it. Like literally, I know this word is is branded all the is branded around all the time, authenticity, right? Be yourself, but literally that's what it is. And again what you said kind of really resonates with me in terms of different social media platforms, because again, what I say to potential clients and to people who care to listen is LinkedIn might not be your platform. Instagram might be your platform. Facebook might be your platform. Snapchat might be your platform. You've got to find one that, you know, resonate or somehow you can get a real return on investment on if that is what you are looking for so again I don't necessarily encourage people to just stick to one platform I tell them try different platforms and see what works best for you but yes if you are um the formal type or the reserve type it doesn't mean you can't be a a success on LinkedIn you've just got to I tell everybody do you be you because nobody or what I do tend to say is people will buy into you first before they buy into your products before they buy into your services so if you are formal if that's how your approach is and people resonate with that that is going to be absolutely fine. That is your target market. That's what they expect of you, right? Likewise, as a trainer, as an educator, what I'm constantly thinking about when I'm on LinkedIn is how do I stand out from all the other trainers who do exactly what I do, right? So the only way I can stand out from all the other trainers is by being me. So we can all deliver the same thing in terms of um, oh, in terms of content, right? But can they deliver it in a stellalicious way? No, now, they can't. <laughs> now this is this is worth repeating because this is a really simple sentence, but we, we need to repeat it. The only way I can stand out is by being me. I mean, you know, you'd you think that is so flipping obvious. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> And yet we time and time again dismiss it. We don't even we don't even register this simplicity. Okay, it just it's it we're 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 getting all complex. (gasps) Avatar of this that start with why. We're going through all this crap. Sorry, and and we totally forget that the one thing that makes us stand out is what we've got. That's actually us because that nobody else has got it. And again, and again, one of my hashtags on LinkedIn is keep it stellaliciously simple. Because by being you or by being me, I know that my personality is simple. 
I don't like to overcomplicate things because I don't understand complicated things. So again, that drives me to just keep it simple. And that's what I feel my followers and my connections and people who engage with me resonate with because I don't go into technicalities. There are other LinkedIn trainers who go into the technical. I don't know everything. I refer to them and I always tell them, yeah, explain it in stellaricious language because I, I don't understand the technicalities, right? <laughs> so yeah. again, this is what I'm talking about, about being you. And people love it. People love that you're not fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I think it's great to be able to say I don't understand it, but like that, or uh, yeah, explain it to me. But but people think they can't say that. They can't admit to that. They can't because that somehow makes them useless, non-professional. Nobody's ever going to take them seriously, and that's where we all get confused, isn't it? It's what does make you know this whole you said professional. You know, oh. I've got to be professional, right? You said your fake suit <laughs> and I've been there. I've so been there. You know, I, I I once turned up to a networking wearing something and I look back on it now and I think, ah, there's what the hell was this? Ah! Um, but you do, you do do this. And, it, and why do we do it, Stella? Why do we do it? I, I mean, I've got obviously my thoughts on this. What do you think? Why is it people get pulled into this? I think because there's just that pressure. There's just that pressure to be like everybody else. And again, for me, how do you stand out by trying to be like everybody else? So, you know, do the reverse is what I say, because you will stand out for just being that different, but even still sending a positive message and still you know generating leads and still doing really well um, on LinkedIn I just refuse to go with the norm on LinkedIn right now I think the thing the thing here is there are two things is one there is actually a sort of it's almost like a um, you know a line with uh, an extreme end at one end of the other so there is the thing where people here be different and they go to a completely different place that neither you or I would be recommending at all, which is the different for the sake of being different space. We don't like that, do we? No, no, no. We're we, not we, doing that. We, I'm talking about being different by being you. Exactly. That's exactly. that's the that's the different I'm talking about. Don't be scared to put yourself out there because otherwise. Why are you on LinkedIn? Why are you on a social media platform? And I always say this, Tricia, it's really important for me that I am as authentic and true to myself online as I am offline. So that when people meet me offline, there are no surprises, right? Exactly. I've lost count how many few connections I've met and there are nothing like their online persona. And I'm thinking, where is the online person? I'm not seeing that offline. So that's also the way I think. I, I, I say as I see online, as I say as I see offline. And if you don't like that, that's absolutely fine. I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to, to please 
760 million plus people on LinkedIn. That's, that's not my role. That can be somebody else's job. I'm just here to share things from, you know, from my perspective, how I see things. And if that resonates with you, I welcome engagement. I welcome different opinions, you know, so yeah. we can have a chat about that. All of that I welcome, but for me to do it under the guise of being somebody that I'm not, that that doesn't work for me, I'm afraid, no. So that actually seg segue segues into, uh, I was a DJ once for a short <laughs> period of my life. Um, Love it. Yeah, so I've done many things. Um, so this, this is this business now of okay so I'm do you know what I thought of when you were saying all that you're being different by being the same which is quite a lovely little sentence I just oh, love it I'm being me I'm being the same me. that's, that's it. why I'm being different yeah it, it's it's great so but then you have this other whole thing where people think oh but I can't just be I can't just be me because I'm just me I tend to use um well, if it was me, I'd be saying bollocks quite a lot. Um, that's just my favourite sort of, it's not even a swear word. I don't know. It's just part of anatomy, isn't it? I don't know. But anyway, I just like it. It's, it sort of comes out. Um, but some people might say the F word. Some people might say all sorts. Of, I don't know. And then, of course, there's the whole, let's just put it in inverted commas, politically correct arena. Mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, um, am I going to be judged as being, I don't know, um, against this, against that, because I've said that, oh my God, maybe I said that the wrong way, it's going to be misunderstood. So there is really a minefield now. And so there you are being you, you've got a minefield ahead of you thinking, well, if I just walk through that being me, I'm going to get blown up, you know, I've got to take some precautions here. So it's that fine tuning now, isn't it? You have to find the balance. And on top of that, you also have to maybe check what the LinkedIn terms and policies and conditions are with regards to certain language, um, uh, you know, certain words. I mean, just the other day, I used the devil and the angel in, in together <laughs> in one comment, and I got a warning from LinkedIn, dare I say. Really? So... That's it. I literally said devil and angel in one comment, in the same comment, <gasps> trying to describe my dentist. I did a post about my dentist and yes. literally that's what I said. And I got a warning from LinkedIn. So let alone if you're now swearing. That said, some people do it really, really cleverly. I know, you know, I know a couple of, um, uh, of connections on um, LinkedIn who use it, but there's a message to them using it. So they're not just swearing for the sake of swearing. I think that's just part of their personality, but it doesn't lessen the message that they're putting out. And of course you have to be careful. So rather than write out maybe the full word, they'll put the little hashtags and all the little, you know, acronyms and, you know, mess around with that. So they can get away with that. Now, swearing is not part of my daily vocabulary, so it would feel weird to use it, right? So again, there has to be that fine balance of you being you on um, LinkedIn. Would I talk to someone in a way that I wouldn't like them to respond to me? 
is another way I think about when I'm putting out content. Am I going to offend some people? And dare I say, it's not a question of even offending people, but sometimes I like to talk about subjects that just gives people food for thought. So let me give you an example. Last year, there was the big, um, the big um, Black Lives Matter movement, right? Now, that resonates with someone of color. That resonates with a woman of color. So I had a few things to say about it, but I had to be very, very mindful of how I put out that content on LinkedIn, bearing in mind, I have a global network, right? So I'm not alienating anybody from my network and I can involve everybody in discussion, no matter where they came from, right? So those are the kind of things that I'm thinking about, but I'm still being very true to myself. So what I'm trying to say is that, and I always say this when I put these kind of posts out, I always say I welcome different, different opinions. Let's have a discussion about it, but come for me in a troll-like manner, I will deal with you as a troll slayer. So again, you know, it's about being conscious about your network. This is about you really getting to know who your network are, who are the people that often engage with you, who are your potential clients, because no matter what, even how controversial you are, people are watching you. You know, this is social proof that you're leaving behind. So you've got to be very, very strategic in, in putting out content. Yeah, strategic. Yeah. And I, I sort of talk about, you know, like the mixer board, you know, you, you, you will, you're still being you, that's still your mixer board. You are that mixer board, but you do have the ability to be able to turn things up and down without losing you. And that's, that is really important. And you should read your post before you press post you know and, things <laughs> and not do it when you're in a foul mood and just can't oh, drunk vomit all over LinkedIn <laughs> um no well not unless that is the end of your career and that's how you plan it that's absolutely fine you can do that but and there are days I'm sure where we all feel like that there are days aren't there you wake up you just think oh effort 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 and this and that and I'm gonna go and spew this all out here but you do need to take a deep breath and walk away because apart from anything else, yes, you would be supported by, by your lovely, lovely um, group of firm followers and, and people that you've grown you know, to, to love and know. But you mentioned the LinkedIn lurkers, and I think that's a really important thing. I think to have that in your mind as a fairly constant when you're dealing with LinkedIn is great because I know myself, I have picked up clients and I'm thinking, where the heck has this come from? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it's extraordinary. Where did yeah. you come from? Yes. I've never seen you. We've never spoken. We've never engaged. Yeah. And here you are offering me money. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's it's great because I think that, that everyone's an individual. Not everybody wants to be out there noticeable in comments and everything and you know we all have we've been brainwashed into measuring our value in terms of followers and comment numbers and algorithms and we just have to take a deep breath and realize no there are plenty of people out there who are quietly watching um and and if you are being true to yourself and then they will bond or they won't bond so when that happens to me it will be because people say i just like your 
way <laughs> and, and how the are they going to know I your way get. yeah that's that's the often that often is the feedback I get from my lurkers because I ask them I go well why me and the feedback often is one you always pop up on my feed so that's good that's been consistent and two I just like what you put out yeah. it's very simple really when you think about it it is it is. But, you know, they are then investing money in your services. So that's why, again, you know, it comes back to you really thinking about what it is you're putting out there in terms of content. So when I'm really in that frame of mind where I'm particularly targeting certain um, cl or potential clients, then I'm directing my post to them. Sometimes if I just want to talk about being vulnerable or, you know, having burnout, I put it out there and then I get like, you know, a few hundred people telling me, oh my gosh, Stella, you've just spoken what I feel right now. It resonates. Great. Then I put out posts on the weekend on the fun things I'm doing, because again, I always feel like it's nice that people see, you know, the sort of professional and personal side of you they get a full a, a true picture of who you are because mm. I keep saying especially to those LinkedIn police as I like to call them who will tell you well this post doesn't belong on face uh, on LinkedIn belongs on Facebook I go well hang on a second has I, do you work directly for LinkedIn that's always my first question right because usually they don't so I tell them unless LinkedIn directly comes to me as if people who are employed in LinkedIn come to me and tell me my post is not appropriate from LinkedIn I will keep on posting so again I tell your audience this if they get that one naysayer who says this post doesn't belong here ask them that question okay likewise I always think when they say Facebook, I always think, does that mean that they're aliens on Facebook or Instagram? Are they not the same? Are we not the same people? So what are you talking about? So when I have those kind of conversations with them, it kind of like stops because what I want is I want them to also think about how discouraging, demotivating, you know, that comment brings no value to my content. So I'm going to pull you out for that. If you want that kind of attention, well, I'll give it to you. So yeah. I ask those questions and they know that maybe next time they're about to type, this is not for, uh, 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 let me just remember what Stella said. Yes, yes. Right? And they won't forget. Oh, and they, won't, they definitely won't forget because I end it with some little love hearts as well, just to, you know, just to oh, show the, them some oh, love. The wonders of an emoji. I, I, what, what kind of world was it without those? Because seriously, they do. They lighten something. They, you know, I use humour. And I don't use humour for effect. I use it just like you use what you use because it's me. It's simply me. I always like to clown around. You know, I've done in my acting career, my speaking career, most of what I've enjoyed doing is, is the comedy stuff, the entertaining stuff. That's all. That's all it is. Don't it's stop. not me. But thank you. Don't stop. <laughs> but but it, it, it was hard. And just to wrap up what we've been talking about, because um, it was hard because the, the 
the thing in your head says, I knew being funny isn't professional. Oh my God, nobody will take me seriously. Who the heck's ever going to give me money to actually work with them as a coach or trainer or whatever if I'm funny? I mean, oh gosh, we're having this woman who does Investigator Lewis to come in and do some training with a company. You must be joking. No one's going to do that. But you know, you at the point is I don't do it just for effect. I do it with a with a message, like you say, if you're adding value. And in my opinion, part of education should be humor because we learn a lot when we're able to laugh at things, you know. And also that, it's part of being human, you know. Did I tell you I had I I have clappers in my sessions? Yes, you did. The clappers. <laughs> Describe the clappers. So what do you mean by clappers? So literally, and I'm literally, do I even, I haven't got one here, it's in the office. Are they like but literally, or? clappers, you know those, you like, can get them in the pound shop. Got you, they, yeah, like a maraca. Little hands that clap. Castanet, like a castanet sort of Black, thing. Exactly That's what I mean. like yeah, I know, and little hands, that, yes, I got it. The little hands. So again, even on my LinkedIn, my headline is the trainer with her clappers in tow. And I would put, if, even if I have a hundred people in my sessions, a hundred people get a clapper. Oh, brilliant. Right? So this is what I'm talking about in terms of humor, personality, fun. Because I know for a fact, Trish, Trisha, that a lot of, probably no trainers does that, but me. So again, literally that one prompt makes me stand out from all the other trainers it's crazy it's just the little things yeah. that just make you stand out this is what people remember you by a lot of people forget my name but they remember me for the clappers oh the, the trainer with the clappers yeah, yeah. that's that'll be me yeah yeah and everybody's everybody's got their thing and that can be you, you as the quietest quietest person on earth the, the the most introvert person on earth. it isn't about the the big jazz hand stuff it's about something that is you whether it's I don't know whether it's just a color that you wear whether it's a whether it's a saying you have whether it's a a little geeky thing that you always get obsessed with I, whatever it is you know that's that's it just recognize it because because I, I defy anybody to say that they haven't got a, a thing. You know, I mean, that's not going to happen, is it? It's about bringing it again. It's about bringing it out. Yeah. And we are talking as probably two big personalities, you know, has extroverts. But really, by nature, believe it or not, I am an introvert. Yeah. I actually so... I'm an introvert. I, I love my own company. I don't necessarily like a lot of noise around me. I can be on my own. That's why things like lockdowns don't affect me. I'm quite comfortable. I could do three months lockdown in isolation, no problem. That's why I can easily adapt to being here in Oman on my own, having left my partner and my family in the UK because I am an introvert. Right. So yeah. when people then see this on podcasts or when I'm delivering training, it's a total contradiction. But that's just because I know that I just want to be good at what I do. 
I want to exceed expectations and I want to stand out from the crowd. There's no other way of doing it. Yeah. So yeah. that's what brings yeah. out the personality. And, and it's a weird thing, you know, because to me now in this phase of my life, it, it seems like how could I be anything other than me you but and yet for decades that just wasn't the case and and when you make that switch it's slightly odd because you sort of have this slightly out of body experience of thinking oh look look I'm just sat here having this conversation with somebody oh look I've I've walked in and we're talking business but I am just having a conversation um as opposed to the previous version which was Okay, what am I going to say next? What am I going to, oh, they said that. I better say something clever. I On it goes. Self, 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 inside your head. But listeners, honestly, whatever you are, just be aware of the fact that once you are closer to that just being yourself, everything, everything seems a lot less hard work, basically, because you're not trapped in that place of, am I, should I, could I, would I? But that isn't the same as going, you know, I'm just going to splatter all over the place. I mean, there are things about my private life, my past that I every now and then I think this would get this would get a lot of comments. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go for it. Go for it, Trisha. And then I think, but why? Why? What what actual value would that do it, uh, other than that? Now, go on. But the thing I want to say to that is it's it's not so much about you doing that and putting that post out for the views or the vanity uh, or the vanity matrix, but maybe what it can do for somebody, how it can inspire somebody, how it can help somebody, how it can motivate somebody. So there are certain things, and not necessarily on LinkedIn, but on some certain face group um, groups, um, Facebook groups that have shared some really intimate stuff about my past. And again, it wasn't for reach. It was simply to tell people that I'm a survivor from that past. Yeah. Right. So, again, you know, when people are feeling that vulnerable, it's not about, oh, you know, am I going to put it there because it's going to generate X amount of views or engagement, this, that, and the other. If it has an impact on just one person positively, oh, my gosh, you've made a difference by sharing that story. So that's why I'm very pro sharing stories it's how you communicate it that's different because again there are some people who share those kind of stories for the very points you said how many comments am I going to get how much engage how bit how viral is this post going to go right so those are the kind of things that I think about and as I said if it's just something that I know will have such you know I'm very about empowering young women, especially young women in Nigeria or Africa who don't necessarily have that voice, right? And who just want to see somebody like them who has gone through certain struggles and come out the good side of it. Yeah. So again, that's what I'm thinking about when I'm putting out posts or putting out content. I never, if it goes viral or if it goes big, that's 
that's just like the icing on the cake. But that's not the reason why the, that's why I say that's not the reason why genuine content creators on any platform, that's not the reason they make themselves visible on, on these social media platforms. You know, it's, I love studying people. I love watching people. I love, you know, I like thinking about their motives behind certain things. And you can tell when someone is being, again, we're going to use that word, you can tell when somebody's being real, you can tell when somebody's being authentic in the true sense of the word. And that's where I, I like to be in that, in that category. I, do you know what? I, I read something recently and I read the term fake authentic and I thought, yes, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> there are a lot of, there are plenty of fake authentics. <laughs> Oh, plenty oh and also it doesn't mean if you if you go down that route one day it doesn't mean you've got to go down it every day right just because you wouldn't do that in normal life you wouldn't every time you met somebody for coffee start telling them about this thing in your past that was you know whatever whatever um you would you, some days you'd be silly you'd be messing around some days you'd be talking about what you watched on tv last it, it will vary from time to time so so that's what happens on social media. It's, it's a conversation. It's a conversation. What a great way to wrap this up, Stella, because this was a conversation. <laughs> loved it. This is so, this is so my type of conversation. I love these kinds of podcasts where, again, it's just been real. It's real talk in the true sense of the word. And I love it that it wasn't scripted. It wasn't planned. Even the way we just started the conversation. Dip, dip, please have me back again. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, this is one of the things I enjoy most, actually, at, at the podcast, because I just love it. And I wouldn't like it if I was doing it the other way. So on the occasions where I've got tempted to go into that should spiral of, oh, hang on, Trisha, you better have a much more structured thing. And then you ask this question, keep it all themed to make sure the SEO works because you'll have to link it back to your website. No. Oh, who cares? <laughs> so, so like it or lump it, listeners, this is what you're getting. Um, I'm sure they've loved it. Thank you so much, Stella. Um, I want to know what you're having for tea now. Is there, a, is there an Oman classic? Right, so it's coming to quarter to eight in the evening, and I'm just mm -hmm. get. I think I'm just going to have a baked potato with um, good old baked beans and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I burst your bubble there. <laughs> yeah, I was seeing a whole met say a whole sort of different yeah some sort of trolley coming in with unusual exotic. No, none for you. Fabulous. <laughs> Heinz well, baked beans all the way. Excellent. Enjoy every mouthful of it. And thank you so much. Now, in terms of people connecting with you, it's fairly obvious because we've mentioned it over and over again. I guess LinkedIn would be a good place. LinkedIn is my platform of choice. You know, please connect, um, engage, come and engage, come and have some fun, come and talk about different issues. So, yeah, LinkedIn. I also um, co um, do some um, moderation work on Clubhouse yes. on um, Monday to Thursdays, all on um, LinkedIn as well with some amazing um, connections. So people can find me on Clubhouse Monday to Thursday, 1pm British time, I think it is. 
Okay, just one quick tip then. Um, I've yet, because I was slow because I didn't have an iPhone, I've got thingy, um, the other one. Um, yes or no to Clubhouse? <laughs> yes, if you want to get some good um, tips on LinkedIn, there's some really good LinkedIn rooms and you, you've got quick, easy access to some real good experts. No, if you really genuinely haven't got the time. Yes. And, yes. and you don't need you don't need uh, just an iPhone. Anybody can jump onto LinkedIn now. It used to be just for iPhone users. Then they moved it to Android. But now anybody, you don't need invites. You can now just be part of um, Clubhouse. Okay, good tip. There we go, listeners. Um, the, explore, but beware the rabbit holes. And um, yeah, yeah exactly uh but go check out stella and thank you so much enjoy your potato and beans and we will we will see each other on the other side so to speak um thank you LinkedIn. so much okay. thank you so much trisha thank you listeners yes! take action try this one small step when you talk about being you on things like linkedin social media that that's easy to say but of course you've actually got to find you as I say find you be you let them see you so the finding you perhaps would be a good action and that is weirdly hard sometimes try and think of the moments when you feel most aligned least kind of like it's hard work what do you like talking about what enthuses you and you forget about what you're saying, why you're saying it, how you're saying it, what people might think of. Because it might be cooking, playing netball, being with your family, travelling, stuff that happened in the past, things that you're totally nerdy about. It doesn't matter. Just just find those things and start to pull more of them into what you show on LinkedIn. If you want more tips and tactics and insights into human communication, then I am full of them. So head over to trishalewis.com for all my social media links and sign up for the fortnightly email so that you never miss a podcast episode. And there's exclusive content there as well. Don't forget to check out my book, The Mystery of the Squash Cell, and tune into the next episode.